As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. This can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up and get $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com empowered. Welcome to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Price. With my 30 years of divorce coaching experience, I fully prepare you for the critical decisions that will impact you for the rest of your life. Through this podcast, you'll gain valuable insights on all aspects of divorce, from the logistical and financial to the emotional and legal. With expert guests, practical advice, actionable tips, and inspiring conversations, we'll explore how to master your divorce and emerge stronger on the other side. You don't have to face this alone. Let's start this journey together and create a better future. So without further ado, let's get started with the show. Hi, beautiful. I am so glad you're here with me today. I'd like to welcome you to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Price. I'm the empowering divorce coach who guides women on their journey before, during, after divorce to eliminate pain, overwhelm, sadness, and anger, and create more knowledge, skill, and peace than I experienced myself. With my 30 years of divorce and empowerment coaching experience, I understand exactly what you're going through. Divorce is a difficult, complex, and emotional journey, but it can also be a time of growth and transformation. Today, I'm really interested in my topic. One of the things that I think divorced women struggle with is confidence. And another big piece of that confidence is financial confidence. And so I have a fantastic guest today, Leah Hadley, who's going to talk to us about financial confidence before, during, and after divorce. Hi, Leah. How are you doing? I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. It is my absolute pleasure to be here, Beverly. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Um, so I am um, actually was raised in a home where my parents divorced when I was eight years old. Um, so I am definitely no stranger to the divorce experience. Um, I went through my own divorce. As all divorce professionals are. Right. <laughs> um, I went through my own divorce after 10 years of marriage um, and I'm now remarried. Um, but I share a lot of times with my clients that I've had a lot of financially challenging times in my life. I um, 
divorce, or excuse me, before my divorce, I adopted my three children out of foster care with my ex-husband. So we went from wow. zero to three overnight, um, which was just a huge financial stress. It was amazing experience. Um, and we love our children very, very much. But you can imagine, you know, the additional expense and the strain on our budget and all of that. Um, then we went to the divorce, um, which obviously is always a financial challenge. Um, and I ended up building my own business from the ground up. So I started Great Lakes Divorce Financial Solutions. I'm a certified divorce financial analyst and an accredited financial counselor. Um, and so in building that business, I needed the flexibility really to be there for my children. I have this passion for helping people through the financial aspects of divorce. Um, but it was very scary starting with nothing and building this business up. And I share that with people because a lot of those challenging times are really what fuel the passion that I have for helping people navigate financial difficulties. Absolutely. That is so important. Now, I have this firm belief <clears throat> that for generations, women have been programmed that they are not good with math and finances, that women just, and girls don't understand math, boys do, that men are the better managers of money, which leads to fear, which drives issues in divorce. So what are the common financial fears from your perspective that people tend to have during and after a divorce? There are so many fears as it relates to finances that people have. And some of them are really steeped in reality. And honestly, Beverly, many of them are not. Um, so some of them, people are just very worried that they're not going to be able to pay their bills. Um, yes. Some people have not managed their own money, maybe ever, maybe for a very long period of time. Um, there's a lot of fear around making investment decisions. Um, sometimes they delegated the uh, long-term investment decisions to their partner, but maybe handled the day-to-day, -day, you know, budgeting or um, paying bills, uh, and they handle that piece of it. Um, sometimes people are just terrified they're going to run out of money, um, that they're not going to have the income to support themselves, that they're going to have to give up the lifestyle that they've become accustomed to, that they're not going to be able to live in the community that they enjoy that's become a big part of their identity. Um, so really, financial fears run the gamut when it comes to this major life change. That's, that's so interesting. In your practice, have you run into cases of financial abuse? And if so, what are the signs? And then what would you advise a woman who is being financially abused to do? Yeah, we work with a lot of uh, women who have experienced financial abuse. Sometimes people don't even realize that that is what they are exactly. experiencing. Um, and it shows up in a variety of different ways. So I kind of bucketed into four kind of different general areas. Um, one is a lack of information or access to accounts. Um, and so sometimes you might be getting an allowance or something where you're not actually accessing your account directly. Maybe you're not having access to review your tax returns, limited information about your own financial situation. Um, one is a lack of career opportunities. So your spouse getting in the way of your ability to move forward to take control of your own income, to earn your own income, to grow in your career. Um, a third way that unfortunately comes up as a big surprise in a lot of divorce cases is somebody taking on 
debt in your name. Um, ah. And especially with people being able to apply for loans online and credit cards online and all this thing that they can do right on the internet. Um, you know, this is, we're seeing more and more, unfortunately. Your spouse has all of your personal financial information um, in order to be able to complete those kinds of applications and things. Um, and so that's, it's really important to monitor your credit regardless of your situation at home, right. because, you know, identity theft is a big issue. Um, but, you know, it does happen. Um, and certainly, I think the one that we hear most about is people hiding assets. Um, and yes. so, you know, whether it's in a business or, you know, uh, putting money into accounts that people don't know about, um, sending it to family, you know, there's all different kinds of ways that people hide assets. But all of those are examples of financial abuse. Um, and, you know, there's all kinds of red flags that people can see during their marriage or even early in a relationship. Sometimes it's early in a relationship looks like a really nice thing that I'm just being taken care of, that this person mm -hmm. wants to help manage the money, wants to take care of me. I don't have to worry about the bills. I don't have to worry about the money. Um, and it can feel really nice at first, but there's this power dynamic that comes in when it becomes an abusive situation where they're limiting your access. So if you're asking questions and you're getting a negative response, you should always have access to information about your own financial situation. That should be an okay topic. It's a big red flag if that is a trigger and that's an issue for somebody to bring up a topic around their own financial situation. So that's one that you really want to be on the lookout for. Many of us have been taught to spend all our time, money, and energy investing in husbands, children, community, church, family, and others, but not ourselves. Divorce is not the time to do this. I'm Beverly Price, the empowering divorce coach who guides you on your journey before, during, and after. The next steps you will take set the stage for your entire divorce and life afterward. I help you prepare fully for what is to come, understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, and create an empowered life after. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, strength, and confidence. Schedule a free consultation with me at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Let's journey to the other side of divorce together. And now let's get back to the show. One of the things that I do with my clients in preparing them for divorce is tell them to do two things financially before they tell their spouse they want a divorce. And the first is to run a credit report. The second is to start gathering all their financial documents. And actually there's a third to open a bank account and credit card in their own name at a different bank than their joint account is in. Are there other things that you would suggest to women kind of right off the bat that they should do? Well, especially, you know, we were just talking about financial abuse. If right. you are in a situation where you have access to financial information, take advantage of it. Make mm -hmm. copies of things. It's amazing how difficult it can be in some cases 
to start to collect financial information once the divorce gets started. Uh, so if you know that you're headed down that path, go ahead and start making copies the last 12 months of statements, um, making copies of, you know, anything basically with a dollar sign on it, I tell people. Um, you're going to want at least the last three years of tax returns. Make sure that you have your own social security card, your own passport, um, you know, all of those important documents that you're going to need going forward. Uh, make sure you know where they are. For some people, they need to have a place to store them off-site just to have, you know, a safe space yes. for them. Um, and so that can be an important, and that can be, you know, a safety deposit box at a bank, but it could also just be with a friend or family member, whatever works for your situation. We talked about fears a little bit ago. What would you say are the things that keep someone awake at night when they're consumed by financial worry and what can they do about it? Yes, this is a big one because, you know, the financial worry can really weigh on people. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear it all the time that I'm just like losing sleep over this. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of people, they don't even necessarily know specifically where the financial fear is coming from. It's just sort of this broad, I don't know what everything is going to look like at the end of this. Like, what is my life going to look like? How much income am I going to have? What will my expenses be? Am I going to be able to live where I'm at right now? Or am I going to have to be looking for a new living situation? So many of the people that I'm working with are nearing retirement. Am I going to be able to retire as expected? Or am I going to have to continue to work? You know, there's all kinds of worries that people have. And for a lot of people, if you just start to write down some of the things that you're thinking about, get it out of your head, you can start to get clearer and clearer around the specifics of what you're worried about. And when you can get clear on the things that you're worried about, that's when we can really start to create plans around those concerns, right? And so, for example, if you're not sure if you're going to have the income in order to be able to cover your expenses, then you can look at, well, what can we do to either bolster your income or reduce your expenses and get clear about it, have an action plan in place so that way you can feel really confident that, no, this isn't something I have to worry about. I have a plan in place to deal with this. We talked a little bit about confidence, and I think there's a multitude of forms of confidence that women lack. One is just the basic confidence in themselves. But financial confidence is so, so critical. And how does one start to gain financial confidence or to rebuild it after a divorce? So part of it is going to start with where are you feeling a lack of confidence, right? And that can vary widely again. For a lot of folks, it does start with just the financial literacy, limited knowledge in different areas of finance. I mentioned before, investing is a big one for people. You know, when somebody goes for a divorce, and this may sound like a weird way to think about it, but for a lot of people, it is the largest financial transaction they will experience in their lifetime. There exactly. are a lot of decisions, there are a lot of considerations that need to be made. 
we want to look at how can you divide things in a tax efficient manner so you don't have these huge surprise tax liabilities associated with the divorce following your situation, right? We don't want to be in those kinds of surprises. You don't want to be in a situation where you're managing an investment portfolio that is out of the scope of something that you're comfortable handling, right? Um, and so getting clear on where do I lack knowledge and starting to increase that knowledge. Nobody is born knowing how to manage money well. That is a learned skill, right? And so you are absolutely capable of learning that skill, but it's allowing yourself the opportunity to do that, right? Whether it's listening to podcasts like these or it's reading books, working directly with a financial planner or financial coach, there's lots of opportunities to really increase your knowledge. When you start to increase your knowledge, that's really gonna grow your confidence. But the other big piece of it, you can read all you want until you start actually taking action, you're not necessarily gonna see results that's really what builds confidence, right? And so when you really start to take that action and see the results, then you can start to believe, yes, I can do this, I can handle this. So that taking action is really important when it comes to building that confidence. Wow, so true. So if, and, and I think one thing that comes to mind as you're talking is the shame, the shame that comes with not knowing financial information terminology or the shame that you've turned over all the finances to your spouse or the shame that you don't know where anything is. I think what you said about knowledge, thinking about knowledge is power and moving forward, given you can't change anything in the past is so, so critical. Absolutely. And it's amazing. You know, I work with all kinds of different people, but I find the women who are most successful hold the greatest shame as it relates to the lack of financial knowledge. Um, they, you know, work with very attorneys who have had a lot of success in their careers. Um, I remember one woman who came into my office. She's um, a very well-known prosecutor and she came in and she was just carrying um, a bag of financial documents. And I could see from her body language when she walked in that she was so uncomfortable with the experience. Now, I've never seen her in the courtroom, but I know her right. reputation and I know that there is no way that that woman enters the courtroom like that. Um, but this experience of like opening up and talking about where she is feeling this shame and feeling uncomfortable about the limited knowledge that she has was so difficult. But that's where I was talking about taking action because here she was sitting down and acknowledging, hey, this is an issue. I need some help. We got to create an action plan. And then as she started to execute on it over time, I could really start to see that confidence growing. And it was like such a different conversation the longer that we work together. Um, and I think it can just be such an empowering experience for people. So let's say I've acknowledged now that, that I need to know more. I need to learn more. What resources or tools would you suggest that could help someone? 
Yeah, we do a lot of free workshops. I am a okay. big believer in education. I um, was a teacher before I got into the financial yeah. world. Um, and so I, I do love doing the workshops. And so I highly encourage people to take a look at whatever we have coming up. Um, we cover a variety of financial, general financial topics, as well as divorce-related financial topics. Um, but I do caution people around getting financial information from social media. Unfortunately, there are lots of folks who are spreading misinformation on social media, people who are not well-educated in finance that are, you know, sharing information that is inaccurate. So you do want to be careful about your sources. Um, But there are tons of wonderful books that you can read. Um, I love Jen Cicero's book. um, uh, I think it's You're a Badass at Making Money or something like that. Um, The Simple Path to Wealth is a great book. The first one that I read back way, way back in my 20s. And I think he has some, you know, revised, updated editions. Um, But it was David Bach's um, Smart Women Finish Rich, I think, or something like that. Okay. Um, But some of these books are great foundational uh, information that really help you to understand how to think about money as a tool. Because at the end of the day, money doesn't have any power over you. Money is simply a tool that you can learn to use well in order to reach your goals. And having those foundational skills can be really important. But ultimately, having that foundation, you want to start to apply it to your own situation. And that's where I think bringing in professionals can be really helpful in helping you to understand how do I optimize my individual situation now that I have this background information. What kind of financial professionals should be on my divorce team and and which ones should be with me from the point of the divorce onward? Yeah, this is such an important question. I'm so glad you asked it, Beverly. I actually just had a recent social media post about this. When you're going through a divorce, it is so important that you have professionals who are credentialed in divorce specific areas. Um, So a certified divorce financial analyst is the most common financial designation for those who support people going through the divorce process. Um, So that's going to be your general support, certified divorce financial analyst or a CDFA. Um, It's going to help you to look at your Uh, settlement through that financial planning lens. So not only what does this mean for me today, but what does this also mean for me going forward? Now, some CDFAs have more of that accounting tax background. Some CDFAs have more of that financial advisory or financial planning background. Just kind of depends on where they started in their career, but they have that divorce specific knowledge, which is really critical. Um, I have seen some financial coaches online specifically targeting folks going through a divorce that don't have any divorce credentials. So it's very important that you do some research and make sure that whoever you're working with on your divorce, there are very, very costly financial mistakes that you can make through this process, that you're working with somebody who has the education and experience in order to support you well. Um, If you are having somebody who is going to need to testify on your behalf, um, if there is, you know, hidden assets involved, you're probably going to want to have somebody with some kind of background in forensics. Now, there are a couple of different forensic designations out there. 
Um, so their master analyst in financial forensics is the one through um, the National Association of Certified Valuation Analysts. And then there's another one um, that CPAs often have. Um, so anyway, you want somebody specifically with that forensic background in order to be able to testify for you um, and to do you know really good work in terms of that forensic piece. If you have a business that needs to be uh, valued, you want somebody who has a business valuation credential. Now, again, there are multiple business valuation credentials. Make sure you have one that matches the kind of business that you have and the kind of need that you have. So that's really important as well, right? Um, now, a lot of times as CDFAs, we may ask for support from, let's say, a CPA or an accountant to run tax projections on a specific issue. So we may bring somebody in or we may bring in a forensic person. You know, there's a lot of times we know that we may need that business valuation done, right? Um, but that's what's nice about having somebody who's kind of your core person on your team who can help you understand if you do need other professionals involved or not. Most CDFAs will help you with that post-divorce transition as well. And this, Beverly, is where so many people make so many costly mistakes and not wrapping up all the loose ends from their divorce. And I just finished a big analysis for somebody who divorced in 2010. It's 2023 right now. Wow. Um, and they just had never divided the assets. And so we had to go back through and figure <laughs> out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not uncommon. And so if you're listening to this and that is your situation, know that you are not alone. We can figure it out with you. It may feel overwhelming. We'll take it one step at a time. But as soon as possible, if you can get those things taken care of, as close to your divorce, very commonly we get people two or three years out from their divorce who still haven't divided things. Um, and in some cases, depending on how that agreement was written, you could be losing out on market gains. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen as a result of that. And so it's really important to get those things taken care of as soon as possible. The person passes away, it's a whole nother set of issues. Um, and so again, very important to get those loose ends tied up as soon as possible. Um, and then going forward, it just depends on the nature of your financial situation, the level of support that you need. Um, and so you might continue to work with that same person that you started working with through your divorce. You may may not need that level of support. You know, it just depends on your financial situation. Wow, that's that's so amazing. And it makes me think when you mention utilizing CPAs, the fact that not every asset to asset comparison is equal. For example, if somebody wants the house and somebody uh, says, well, I'll keep the house and you can have the 401k, there's different tax implications, right? That make the net of that not equal at all. Absolutely. And even, and this is really confusing for a lot of people, even the same asset may have different tax implications. So oh. let's say we're talking about Microsoft stock, you know, with a super, super low cost basis and Microsoft stock that has a much higher cost basis. You know, depending on the tax lot that we're talking about, it still may be the same hundred shares of Microsoft stock, just as an example. Um, but the one that has the higher cost basis on an after tax basis is going to be worth significantly more 
than the one with the very low cost basis, right? Um, and so that is really all of what we are looking at when we are looking at all of the different implications of what you want to consider when you're looking at how you're going to divide these things. But certainly it is very common, as you had mentioned in that example, to look at offsetting retirement assets with the, the marital home. A lot of times one of the parties really wants to stay in the marital home um, and, and offset that with retirement assets. And I always encourage people to make sure that they fully understand what they are giving up when they do that. Um, because sometimes, you know, when we are just looking at the here and now and what's going to keep us comfortable in the moment, we're, we're giving up something that is really much more meaningful for our future selves um, and can cause a lot of financial difficulty in the future. Um, and that's what CDFAs are trained to do is really help you understand how those decisions impact you, not just today, but going forward. Oh, such, such important reasons to have a financial professional involved. So I like to ask every guest, what three actionable takeaways would you give to women so that they can go through the finances of their divorce more successfully? Three actionable takeaways. So I would say you want to start with getting very clear on your current income and expenses. So what are all your sources of income? When do you receive that income? Where is it coming from? How much are you receiving? What are your expenses? Where are they going? Uh, I really like to look at fixed versus variable expenses. So what are you committed to month in and month out? And then what do you have some control over from month to month? That's a way that we can really look at if you're struggling to um, keep up with your current lifestyle, looking at reducing those fixed expenses. So that way you don't have to worry from month to month how to um, make ends meet. Um, you want to get really clear on your assets and liabilities. So what do you own? Those are your assets, your bank accounts, your real estate, you know, your investments, your cars, any valuables, all of the things that you own. And your liabilities are going to be your debts. So to include your mortgage, your credit cards, student loans, you know, car loans, all of those different debts. So getting very, very crystal clear on your entire financial situation. Beyond that, when you're starting to get into negotiations, so important to prioritize when you're talking about financial security, prioritize having liquid cash assets. Um, and so a lot of times, especially when people are wanting to stay in the home, that they are um, giving up a lot of liquid cash assets in order to be able to do that. Um, then an emergency comes up, something comes up with the home. I had a woman yeah. that felt so bad. She had her house flooded. She didn't have <gasps> access to any money to deal with. I mean, it was just a horrible situation. She couldn't sell the house because she was dealing with the flood. I mean, it was just a nightmare. Um, and so making sure that you have access to liquid cash some in some form um, can help you have that financial security to deal with those things that come up in life that it's hard to plan for. Um, but the greater clarity you have around your financial situation, the better prepared you're going to be for those negotiations, the better prepared you're going to be to make those good decisions for yourself. Um, but then always remember that cash is king and you want to prioritize making sure that you have access to liquid savings. Wow. Leah, you have offered such incredible information, and I love the fact that the way you explain it is what I call an English language rather than financial <laughs> ease, right? So how can our listeners find you if they want to know more? 
Well, I am all over social media, <laughs> um, so you can find me everywhere. But we have a very extensive blog on our website, greatlakesdfs.com. Tons and tons of free resources there. There is a divorce checklist that you can download for free. Um, one of the best things you can do for yourself is stay very organized through the process. That's going to save you tons of money on legal fees, just getting your ducks in a row so you don't have extra back and forth with your attorney. Um, and so download that. Take advantage of all those uh, great blog articles. We've spent a ton of time putting that together so people have access to all of those resources. Wow. Leah, thank you so much for being my guest today. This has been so helpful for so many people. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All of Leah's information will be available in the show notes along with mine, and you can find them at herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the video version on our YouTube channel, Her Empowered Divorce. And thank you for listening today. Remember that divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence onto a time of growth and empowerment. As a divorce and empowerment coach, I'm the first call you should make when you are contemplating divorce, as the next steps you will take will set the stage for the rest of your divorce and life after. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Be sure to check out our other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce. There's so many topics that can be so helpful. I really enjoy bringing you information that can help you on your divorce journey. Until next time, take care and stay empowered. Be sure to check out my other episodes of this podcast at herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and leave us a review. This will help me reach out to help more women so they don't feel so alone and share this with your friends. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence and on to a time of growth and empowerment. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation with me at herempowereddivorce.com. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.